that's where like the imposter syndrome is just holding back so many women because they just, they think they need a degree or they need some kind of validation to be like, you're really great at marketing. Like you're really great at understanding the psychology of human beings and like how women or how men think and buy. And it's holding back, I think, better marketing because the the intuitive people tend to be more emotionally connected and they don't want to put themselves out there because they don't think that they're the right person for the job. What's up, guys? Howdy, brothers. Welcome back to yet another episode of Whiskey and Water. Back at it again. We have mm. such a fun episode today. It's, it's such a good episode. I love this episode. It's one, you know, uh, it's one of those episodes, dog. It's one of those episodes that just make it, you live what you do. No, really. And like, it's so funny because today I was like, oh, fuck. like not fuck, but like, okay, I got to record the podcast. Like, I just like was a oh, stressed Bessie, about I was doing it. I like woke up. I was supposed to be 30 minutes away. I was fucking like an hour with traffic hour and in five minutes. I'm like, I had so much resistance to it this morning. Mm-hmm. And, and was- then we had such a good guest. And then it just makes you like so happy that we we do this and that we get to uh-huh. have these awesome conversations. I just think it's such a privilege when like the fact that I can find someone on TikTok that I think is badass and then like schedule them to come on the podcast and then talk to them for an hour it's like when- and pick their brains How, where else can you do that like it is I such know. a gift and such a like luxury and a privilege that I just I don't take for granted we get like free consulting calls <laughs> like, yeah. like they're like we're like they're like schedule a consulting call we're like just come on the podcast it's fine. Podcast. um so anyways our guest today is Camille Moore she is the founder and owner of Third Eye Insights a digital marketing agency which I think she said is 11 years strong now which I was like slay 10 or 11 years strong and we she has such a great perspective and take on marketing in general like I feel like we've had a lot of conversations on the pod about social media marketing content creation but this is such a great high level perspective of marketing in general yeah and she is just so incredibly well spoken like literally she got off the zoom and me and Jess were like how do how do we sound like her like how do we sound more like her and I'm so upset that we had like a hard out because we had a meeting right after the recording but this is one of those episodes where like we could have sat there for literally three like I feel like we were just warming up like I did it not feel like we were on that for like five minutes ten minutes no literally so we will be scheduling a part two with her because I like I said towards the end of the episode like I have I had so many notes that I didn't even get to she's just a wealth of knowledge and marketing and has such good perspective on things and yeah just really really great episode great guest and I'm so happy we got to connect with her and now we're friends (laughs) I love making friends (laughs) I love making new friends especially people who just like get it it's so like it's so nice um mm-hmm. but yeah anyways before we get into that we're gonna do a little squirt squirt ketchup 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 mustard time. mustard, mustard time. little pickles okay that's where i draw the line um today is the day after my birthday guys um and i had the best birthday weekend ever i just had so much fun i did like a little backyard barbecue situation 
Um, so much fun. And it was so cute. I had such a good turnout. And I just had so much fun. And then, and then my friend who owns Bomani rolled up and was like, I don't know if this is your guys' vibe, but I can get you a, a free uh, comp table at this like penthouse bar later. And I was like, that's <laughs> always my vibe. You don't know if this is your vibe? Does he know you at all? I know. So we all went there after and had just like so much fun. It was like the perfect like transition. Um, yeah. And then I was definitely hurting the next day. I don't know if anyone here has ever um, thrown up an Advil, but I just do not recommend. <laughs> do not recommend. It was probably one of the worst experiences of my <laughs> life. Um, other than that, I had a great time. Um, went to the beach yesterday, went to Malibu and then had a lovely little dinner and yeah, just had the best birthday. So cute. You looked like you had such a great time and I feel like this might be like the best birthday you've had in a while. I don't know. Yeah, it was good. It felt like exactly what I wanted to do and like just had so much fun. Good. I'm so happy. Um, I know I wish I, I had FOMO, wish I was there. I was there in spirit but I'm so glad that your cousin Britt came and yeah. that, looked, that looked so nice. She's still there? Yeah, I was. She, I dropped her off this morning at the air. Actually, oh. no, I didn't drop her off. But yeah, she left that this morning. That was fast. Thursday, Friday to Tuesday, yeah. Okay, cute. Love it that. It felt a lot quicker than Yeah, I feel like she was there for a second. But so fun. Happy birthday, Whiskey. Another year, another blessed year around the sun. Another Let's make one. this one the best one yet manifesting yeah did you do your birthday journal i haven't yet but it's on my list okay good you guys know us if you've been around you know that we treat our birthdays as our personal new years we like to do a little reflection on the past year of our life and kind of like manifest and goal set for the next year so love that i always feel like i want to do it before my birthday but then like i'm just like not as inspired and then and then my birthday passes and then i'm like okay now i feel like i have clarity and now i feel like i can no that's good do whenever it feels right to you i actually was at the beach yesterday for sunrise by myself and i like wanted a journal but i like didn't know exactly what to journal about and then i was like why don't i just get a head start on my birthday journal so i did bye slay um what else is new other than that i'm going to a wedding this weekend very fun very excited going to saint augustine and it's like kind of a weekend situation big airbnb 14 people staying in it and so fun i'm so excited just to be with tyler and all his friends and his girlfriends it's gonna be a fun time um my planning is coming along i booked a dj i booked a photographer i booked a videographer things are happening yeah wow i feel like i feel like i'm at a good place right now actually as of like this week because noel stepped in to help me like plan and coordinate things and i didn't know how badly i needed that help was Um, it really helpful yeah oh my god completely it's it's just nice to have even just a second brain and like eyeballs on things because tyler is useless in this department Mm -hmm. um so like even just that like having someone in my head understanding like where we're at what needs to be done you know just just all that stuff is super helpful so I do finally after like months of anxiety actually feel like I'm at a good place which is a weight off my back love that I know and like it's one of those things where it's like you know you need help but you don't know what you need help with so you just like put off the help because you're like no it's fine like I'll I gotta figure it out and Noelle was like let me just 
help you. I'm like, okay. Yeah. No, you needed that desperately. So that makes me very happy. Yeah, things are coming along. We got the Bachelorette Airbnb booked. We're going to Cabo. I'm so excited. It's going to be so much fun. Like now I'm like starting to think about outfits. So that's like when you know I'm at a good place. (laughs) Oh my God. Ooh, fun. My favorite part. (laughs) So yeah, that's that's that update. Um, I recently worked a Halloween Opali event. That was super fun. It was a Halloween like mansion masquerade. Such a slay. And they hired me as a content creator. So we love that. Because I would have gone as like an influencer. But I went as like a content creator slash influencer. So that was so fun. That is so fun. Love that. I got to work with my sister and one of my best friends. So I feel like, you know, how we say like, what do I get to do today versus what do I have to do today? That was like Mm -hmm. something I journaled about. Like I get to work with one of my best friends and my sister. How fun. So fun. I know I don't take things like that for granted so super super fun gotta figure out what I'm doing for um Halloween um I actually I fly back into Miami next I'll be there I'll be there a week from today because I fly in on Monday so yeah we're together again next week and we have some big mood campaigns scheduled Mm -hmm. yeah really excited to shoot those um me and Liv are speaking on a panel in November so if the brothers want to mark that down we haven't really like shared too much about it but that'll be Saturday November 25th we will share more deets about that if you guys want to mark that down it'll be in Miami if you guys want to come and support yeah one of these days we will be hosting a panel of our own it is something that we've talked about for years we just haven't gotten to yet but if that sounds like something of interest and you're in Miami or honestly any major city like we're open to doing it in LA and New York um Mm -hmm. slide in our dms and let us know that we should do it because one we would love to meet you guys like irl and two we've just like we would love to do a panel and if we had all the time in the world we would have done like 10 already but you know how things are god guys it's been on our to-do list (laughs) for so long it's not even funny Um, i actually um at the opali event i met a girl who was like I think she was like I listened to one of your podcasts like years ago and I remember it resonated so much blah 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 she's like and then it stopped showing up on my Instagram feed I'm like Instagram doesn't want to see us Lynn they really don't damn you gotta search for us we just recently surpassed 200 students um at SOAM as well so that's super exciting and yeah we just absolutely love getting all the heartwarming messages I have to share about that on my Instagram stories. Oh my God, here's an update. I like didn't post on Instagram for a week last week just like because of everything going on with, you know, Israel and the war. I just like didn't feel called to post. But then I kind of just like didn't feel called to post at all. (laughs) Anything. I feel that on like a spiritual level. Like sometimes I'll take like a day break to like let stories expire and then I won't post for three days because I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like posting. No, I'm telling you, I'm like, I'm coming and something's happening. Something's happening. I'm trying to figure it out and like figure out how I want to move forward with it. But I'm definitely not feeling. And it's weird. It's like, I guess for like uh, any normal person, like it's like, oh, you don't post on our stories, whatever. No big deal. But like as influencers, as content creators who have been doing this for like seven years, like they're other than like, you know, a, a week during COVID and when I left for a week to get engaged in Arizona, like we haven't gone a day or more than two days without posting on our stories right like it's kind of just something that comes with like the territory of our job 
um, and like the nature of keeping a community and an audience involved and engaged with your life. But I don't know there's there's something coming over me that's like really wanting to kind of reclaim. I don't know if it's privacy or just being present in the moment. Um, yeah, but yeah, because yeah, that's how I feel. I'm like, I just don't want to like share every little thing. I just feel like I hate feeling like obligated to share obligated, it. And I also got, yeah. I try to like think about where things are coming from too. Where I'm like, okay, like, well, I want to post. You know, I want to post this, and I'm like, why do I want to post it? I'm like, this yeah, is that value. Is it, That's right. It. Like, or is this for like my own validation? Is exactly. this actually adding value to like my audience's life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've been yeah. I've been very introspective about it as well. Interesting. Well, yeah. love that for us. Um, you know, things change, and that's totally fine. So, but is it is an interesting thing to observe? Like, you know, mm-hmm. kind of just a, a change, change in pace on how we share and what it means i think to to share our lives with with an audience is is interesting in general yeah but um moving right along we are introducing a new segment as of today <laughs> as called, of we do whatever <laughs> we want here as of right now called random purchases on amazon for, for the week we felt compelled to share <laughs> random amazon purchase or purchases of the week one two three go oh i'm going first okay yeah. um i bought a <laughs> quicksilver liposomal glutathione what <laughs> supplement i bought liposomal li- yeah it's a supplement liposomal okay. glutathione um what <laughs> okay. makes it even more random is that i spent 60 dollars on it um oh my god was it symbi- symbiotica no, but it's like like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, Sorry. some fucking bitch on TikTok was like, if I could recommend one thing, for-, and it was like three, it was like midnight, and like all my friends had gone to dinner. Right, this is how I justified it. They had all gone to dinner, but I had Irish goodbye and went home, and they were girl splitting math. The- no, this is dead ass girl math. Um, they they were splitting the bill. They sent this bill in the group chat, and it was sixty dollars a person. Up. And then Shut I go up. to Amazon and it's $60 and I'm like, well, I also didn't have to pay for that $20 parking. And I'm like, I just saved $20. It's so bad. So I bought it. I haven't even tried it yet, but whatever. The girl said it's good for your health. So girl, and I like, and I also was like, I was like, okay, am I going to spend $60 on Korean barbecue or am I going to spend $60 on a supplement that's going to make me feel like a superhuman? <laughs> Bro, the TikTok shop be getting you. All right. Get have you TikTok shopped? It got my ass the other day for the first time. Oh my time. god, I haven't ordered a single thing. It got my ass and it was scary easy. It like already had Damn. my address. I'm like, oh, this is not It has your address? Well, because it's this whole thing. Well, I, I basically got like something from the shop as a creator to promote. Haven't promoted it, but um, that's why like my address is already on TikTok. Um, okay, uh, love that for you, Slay. Okay, and yours? My, well, what, first of all, what TikTok shop? convinced me to buy was coconut oil for oil pulling oil pulling the garuna garuna thonda yes. shit i've been on the verge it's in my cart because <laughs> i said versus cavities <laughs> i'm really trying to get on like my hygiene shit this year so yeah i honestly um, I, level. I was talking so... to i was talking to someone and they were like i really need to get my teeth cleaned it's been a minute and i was like damn me fucking too i haven't gotten my... and they're like how long has it been? And I was like, 
since I got my teeth like professionally cleaned, I was like, dog, it's been like two years. And he Bestie. was like, yeah, you gotta go. He was like, what? I go every three months. And I was like, this is humbling. This is, this is honestly, I've, I, I, because of April, Tyler's mom like runs a dental office. I go every six, every six months. So I feel like that's like yeah. minimum. But the I also only don't reason have health or dental insurance. So it's like, you know, Ooh. double homicide. Yeah. Huh? It's a double homicide. Double homicide. So it's like, but i am gonna go i made it a priority so the only the only reason i have any desire to floss is because they'll bully me when i go and they're like you're not flossing i'm like you know so 10 out of 10 recommend getting bullied into hygiene um okay we did a little wraparound my random amazon purchases for the week are goggles the kind without like not a snorkel just like the so i can play mermaids at the beach okay love that and a grout pen because i found out the hard <laughs> way that my bathroom didn't have to be regrouted i just needed to like clean the grout or use a we grout gotta pen. tell the brothers about so it can be white oh my god yeah you guys we have a new slogan maybe the socially ambitious podcast should just be the dern podcast dern i'm in <laughs> so like we've come up with this new slogan dern d-i-r-n do it right do it now. right now do, do it, it right, right now. now just do it right now because we've been having these calls for socially ambitious and we're like we've been like scheduling when to do things even if it's like the smallest thing we're like when should <laughs> when like should reach we reach out to someone yeah like oh my god i have to text so-and-so and then we're like what day should we plan on texting so-and-so and then we're like well really anna was like why don't we just like do it right now and she said it like after a few times after a few meetings and then i was like do it right now darn darn and now we are legitimately living by it i like i'm gonna get it tattooed i durned too hard yeah but this like this comes with a disclaimer durn but don't durn too hard because I did durn too hard and I got my entire bathroom regrouted because I wanted it to be white in between the tiles. So I hired a contractor without running it by Tyler. First mistake. Rookie mistake. Rookie First mistake. mistake. First red flag. They come, they they make a mess out of my bathroom. It's still a mess. I still haven't fully cleaned it up. I'm probably inhaling fumes every time I shower um and basically long story short i i 200 later in a destroyed bathroom they couldn't even regrout it because it didn't have to be regrouted it just had to be cleaned so like darn but not too hard you know that's kind of on them too though oh 100 but they were like i'm gonna take this lady's money wow <laughs> darn too hard that's what happens that's what happens <laughs> tyler tried putting this this new fan in at eight o'clock last night he said i'm just gonna darn it i was like slay king did he um, darn it he darned it but it's not done <laughs> he half darned he half darned it um all right let's enough of our bs let's get into this episode shall we you guys are gonna love it we shall see y'all on the other side all right, guys, we are here with Camille, founder and owner of Third Eye Insights, a digital marketing agency. I came across her on TikTok and I was like, this is a bad bitch and she needs to come on the podcast. So here we are. 
honestly that's how we find most of our guests these days so you love to see it thank you so much for joining us for our audience who doesn't already know you or doesn't know about third eye insights please introduce yourself and give us just a very brief background and then we'll deep dive into the nitty-gritty of everything you know someone who's kind of made a name for themselves as like the storyteller I'm actually still kind of working on my story because I I, I started this as it was kind of a, a more of a traditional digital marketing agency. And uh, with the power and the awesomeness of the internet, I, it's it's kind of morphing into its own beast where I'm not really quite sure where, where it's going to land or lead. Um, so Third Eye Insights at the present moment where, you know, we, we have kind of that digital marketing arm. It's a, we have kind of that traditional marketing agency setup and structure and pool of talent. But because the TikTok has done so well, where I rip apart brands and apparently being blunt works really well on TikTok, um, it's now kind of morphing into like consultancy and providing expertise and advice and direction for the biggest brands in the world to just kind of navigate the bullshit of digital marketing and getting kind of back to basics. Um, And that's what's been really awesome and fantastic and cool. And I hope we can dig more into today is who you can get access to and exposure to by just putting yourself out there on the internet is so fantastic. And if you just want to get the most out of life, like that's the best way to do it because you just, you can start to evolve and your career can take shape because of who wants to work with you. So um, I'm, uh, I'm someone that's very passionate about marketing. I also hate the word marketing. Um, so again, I'm, I'm trying to develop my own language because I think marketing is too limiting and also too broad at the same time for how powerful it is and how necessary it is to get kind of back to basics. But that was a bit of a word vomit. Are you probably following? Yes, we're here. (laughs) No, but what I was saying was that if you were ever having any trouble with your storytelling, we'll just read this back to you because that was like, I feel like the most perfect, eloquent synopsis of like you and what you do. And, and I think that, you know, kind of echoing what you said about marketing is so true because marketing is like it's almost like innate to our nature you know what I mean it's like it like it's all-encompassing and at the same time also you know very like scientific and like specific and all these different things so I, I love that you mentioned that but I would love to know more about how you kind of even got your foot in the world of what we call marketing the, the philosophical question and my new like marketing <laughs> joke is like I want to be like the Marcus Aurelius of marketing like just diving in deep into the the, the deep thoughts of what it is merging spirituality not. and marketing all at one time um I got so I the story goes I I grew up um in a lower middle class family I had everything that we needed but never never really I wouldn't call us rich you know like we kind of grew up poor um I went to a performing arts school and I I know that I knew that I wanted to be successful but I didn't know what that meant and um the school didn't set me up to really understand or like how to kind of pursue uh like second education or like like moving on through education because it was so focused on the arts um so I was one of the only kids that actually went to like traditional college or university in Canada from my high school. And it was just, 
I picked it because it was like where the successful kids and the successful families like went and I was like, okay, just go where the money is. You'll figure out the rest as you kind of get there. And when I got to university, I'm like, okay, well, what the hell is poly science? What the hell is civics? Like, I don't do math. I don't do science. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like what, what, okay, now I'm here. I can't afford to drop out. I can't afford to do another year. I was paying for myself to go to school. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to pick English. And so then I'm now stuck in this extremely difficult English program and it's survive or die. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, how can I make money being in English? And I was like, okay, this is right when Suits was, was at its highest. I'm like, I am going to be a lawyer. I'm like, <laughs> I love Louis-Louis Blonde. I'm like, I can do this. So once I figured out how much law school was, I'm like, okay, so another, another bump in the road here. So then I got myself an internship at a law firm um, in London, and it was a fantastic individual that I worked for. Um, and I learned, I, I got so much. I mean, I, I got to learn about the law. I was sitting second chair in like murder trials. I was like prepping for law cases. Like it was fantastic when I was in my early 20s. But in doing it, I realized how much I hated the law because it's not what you see on suits. Like it's very clerical. Like it's literally like writing essays all day. I'm like, this is my nightmare. This is not, I want to be like wearing fashionable outfits, telling people what to do, arguing my way through life. I'm like, this is not the plan. So in kind of doing this, uh, working at this law firm, I have been doing this comp side course and I learned how to use Photoshop. And um, so I, I started doing graphic design for this law firm. This is before businesses were doing marketing on um, like on Facebook period. And this was like 10 years ago. And um, it ended up working. Like this law firm was getting tons of business because it was this crazy idea of like where people were spending time on Facebook is where they had also potentially hire a lawyer when the problem, when a problem occurred. And he was like, you're really on to something. Like, I think you should keep pursuing this marketing thing and I'm like oh I mean this is so fun at the time I was waitressing and I was like hauling ass for like no money and I'm like man I can do like a month of socials for like a third of of my waitressing like if I can get like five of these clients like I'm rich like at 20 that was absolutely pure wealth <laughs> like for what I was building to get like 500 bucks a month for like 12 posts um so that's kind of where Third Eye Insights started. The law firm helped me incorporate the business. Um, it started up very much as kind of, it was like my revolve fund. I got to graduate university without any debt. And at some point, like the, the owner of the law firm was like, okay, you could be a lawyer. Like, you know, you're, you're smart enough, you could do it, but it's not what you're passionate about. Like you really should pursue marketing. And so I, I ended up getting a job. There's a, you know, a few other kind of steps in this where I was, you know, I met the right person and I was working in medical cannabis before it was federally legal in Canada. So I got a really great job as a marketing head of marketing um, at a time where nobody wanted to go into weed. Like it was so taboo. So because I was at the perfect age, it was kind of like the dot-com like boost because I, before I, before I busted, because it went federally legal. We were the first um, G8 country to make cannabis federally legal. Canada really set the, set the stage. There was so much money from all over the world pouring into it. And there was like 10 chief marketing officers and I was one of them. And so I got to like market a highly regulated industry 
And I was, I still had third eye insights on the side. It was chucking away. We had some clients. I had a great marketing gig and um, it was doing really, really well. And I basically kind of, I got myself at a crossroad and this was right before COVID and the agency was kind of growing, but I also had this like full-time career that could have grown into something also very successful. And I, I was kind of pulled in two directions. Like, okay, what do I do? Do I do the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial route where there's no guarantee or do I pursue kind of this career? And obviously I took the third eye insights route and it, um, so I've been at it now for almost 10 years. We incorporated eight years ago. Um, so I actually started when I was in my undergrad and um, it's been an evolution. I've seen, it's been crazy because I rode the, the wave of, of how successful or how amazing it was to be a digital business during COVID. You know, it was really scary in the beginning and then it became like amazing. It was the best job to be in because all businesses had to market digitally. Um, and that went really well. But then we also saw kind of the recession first because when all these businesses that were doing so well during COVID, they also completely pulled back marketing. So at being 28, I've already seen a boom, a bust, a pandemic. Um, so it's been, a, it was a lot of rapid learning. And that's why when I say like, it's, it, you know, it's tough to even kind of explain my story or how I got here. I didn't even think that I could ever work for the biggest brands in the world. Like this was, I didn't even know what marketing was. And if not for meeting the right people, being at the right, the right time, being the right age, being at the right place. And then with TikTok, that's when it really took off. Um, I wouldn't be having this conversation here. I don't know where I would be, but there was never a plan to do this or be here. So here I am. <laughs> oh my God. There is, that is, there's so much to unpack here. <laughs> I'm like, you would, you just shared so much of your experience. And one, I want to note the power of pop culture and TV shows is wild because oh, I feel yeah. like there's also so many people in your shoes who are like, oh, I want to be a lawyer. That looks fun. But regardless, <laughs> um, I think that's the beauty of this space is that like you didn't have a plan, but it you just made the next best move for yourself and it got you here. And that's something that Jess and I always talk about being in this field is like, not only are there endless opportunities, but you don't even know what opportunities are out there until you get a, something in your inbox and you're like, what? I, I can do this? You want to pay me to go on a seven-day trip to do this, to do that, yeah. to work with the biggest brands in the world? Like, It's not something that we can even think of. And that is the beauty of this space, of marketing, of the internet, of this Maybe. time that we live in is just like the opportunities. You just, you have no idea what's out there for you and the doors that will open for you. I And I want to add to that too, because there's two things like on one hand, like that's what makes marketing such a blessing and such a curse is like, there's no barrier to entry, right? Like you don't require a degree. So there's so much shit and junk and like bad information because unfortunately the profession doesn't attract the, like the smartest people, right? Like the people who have the best grades technically tend to go into finance or law and they're just moving around money, right? Like, and then there's kind of like marketing, which is such a, a massive driver and determinant of how the population thinks and consumes is like there's a lot of really smart people at the top. And like, that's why there's like great brands like Skims or Stanley or Yeti that I can have so much fun unpacking. But there's also a lot of like lack of intelligence or 
uh, people who are just like apple polishers that are willing to say yes to move up opposed to like having critical thinking. But on, on that point, I also think that that's why I love having these conversations because I think women make fantastic marketers. Like we understand the in, like like complicated interpersonal relationships. We understand like how like when we're saying something without saying something and like layers to conversation and body language and behavioral cues and details that especially our age demographic, like we are such a perfect age group to market. And that's why there's so much business to be made in, in this industry, even to speak on what you were, what you were also talking about, Olivia, that we, we're blown away that a brand wants to send you on like a seven day trip, but that's like that the value of, of that to the business is so massive that on the other hand, it's like, it's so intangible for like the people who are running these businesses are are over 50, right? To be on C-suite, you put a career into this and those are the careerists. They're not a fuck to work TikTok. And like you two are geniuses to them. Like you have, you have information that is just so locked and and keyed that it is so valuable. So anyways, yeah, I completely agree with it. Clearly, I can talk about this forever. So. I love it. You can so clearly see that this is like your passion. And I, I'm just excited, honestly, to be connected and like to learn from you. Um, to go back to your point about women sp- specifically being so good at marketing, I, I feel like there's a level of intuition and nuance that's required to understand what makes good marketing, bad marketing, what's timely, what's on the pulse, and just like considering multiple factor of, uh, factors of society and culture at once. And women are just more intuitive than men, like period. It just, it is yeah. what it is. And I feel like that's why we have that special touch. Totally. And I, but I also, it's like, I want to use that message as like the, the piece of empowerment because when I like so many of my girlfriends that are in different professions, like when I sit down with them, I'm like, shit, you're a great marketer. You don't even realize it. Like that was a great tagline. That was a perfect microscript. Like, and that's why I think TikTok has had such a, a massive emergence because the, you know, having those skills to create aren't at the same, at the same bar of where it was for Instagram, like five or six years ago. Like you don't, you don't need to be going to Paris and like having designer outfits. Like you can create content that gets millions of views just by showing what's in your purse as an average person or like how you, you know, curl your hair with a Dyson Airwrap. Like we've moved to like, we want to see how regular people consume. And like, so that's, but then also to that, that's where like the imposter syndrome is just holding back so many women because they just, they think they need a degree or they need some kind of validation to be like, you're really great at marketing. Like you're really great at understanding the psychology of human beings and like how women or how men think and buy. Um, and it's holding back, I think better marketing because the right, the, those, the, the intuitive people tend to be more emotionally connected and they don't want to put themselves out there because they don't think that they're the right person for the job. Absolutely. And I actually kind of want to speak a little bit on like, you know, you said like people want to see how regular people are, you know, are living and, you know, they want to, we want to feel connected at the end of the day. I think it's all about connection. And, you know, I think more and more we've seen that like influencers are out and it's because people want to see that authenticity. So I would love to kind of just get your take on, on kind of, and like what, like, 
I think you think that like influencers look like kind of moving forward because you know we'll always have influencers um but yeah just would love to get your take on that I think influencers is like the the term is another black box and I I think it's due time that we're using in in some way charged but in some way empty statements of like influencers are done like we're all influencers yeah. and there's within the population there's people who tend to provide more influence like I've always been someone that I'm always giving tons of recommendations to my friends like my friends can always know they can come to me for like beauty and like you know medical spa services but I'm not someone that that's my brand online or at least it wasn't until so like there's people who are natural influencers I think where the piece on influencers went is it just became the wild west. Like they're why they were being followed. You know, they, they, they sold their soul. It became cheap. Like nothing that they were posting about were like what they genuinely wanted. Like everything was pay to play. I feel like that way really with the Kardashians, like in my opinion, they've lost their throne. I don't think they're relevant anymore. I don't feel like I can trust them or that there's anything that they're posting that they're, they're genuinely buying. Like even when Kim is wearing, Dolce, you know, a month later, it comes out that she's now, you know, their, their lead model in Italy. Like, we don't, we don't want that experience. Like, I wanted to truly know what a celebrity was putting on her face without the incentive of having kind of that, that, that kickback. And I, but I, in addition to that, as kind of a second tier, the, the rest of the world who's constantly looking at the top, whether it's like big businesses, how they market, big influencers, how they market, the smaller and medium-sized businesses were like, I want that. And that wasn't a strategy. And that's where kind of the term of like the micro and the UGC came in because there's a strategy where Kim Kardashian as your poster person makes sense. Like for Stuart Weitzman, that makes sense. And I'm, and I'm not going to cut down Stuart Weitzman for that. I think that if Stuart Weitzman went like really small micro-influencer or UGC, it would lose its cachet as, a, as being a luxury brand. But a company like Symbiotica like doesn't need Kim Kardashian or Seed to be their to be their endorser. And that was kind of what we saw for a while there is like the the influencers that had 10,000 or 15,000 for a local brick and mortar, that is like perfection. Because when you have a local store that you're you're wanting to drive business into, it doesn't make sense to have someone that has half a million followers. And to us, this makes complete sense. But again, it's people that are in positions where they can they can have their jobs on the line, where the business owner is over 50 and they're like, no, like I want an influencer. I want someone that has a million followers to come in here and to and to be supporting this product. And the marketer may or may not put up a fight, but they don't win. And then it doesn't work. And then and and that was kind of what we were seeing for so long that it it needed to enter into the zeitgeist that we're done with influencers. We want to see like people really using content because for the most part, the brands we're talking about aren't Stuart Weitzman, right? They're like the average, the average small business or medium business. So I, I just like, do you like that answer the question? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I need every business owner over 50 to listen to this because this is just like Olivia and I both have marketing backgrounds and like this is a fight that we have fought so many times and that we continue to fight with like, you know, our parents, friends who come to us and are like, well, like, you know, they're like, oh, well, we want you to post for our thing. And we're like, that's not what you need. We're like, I can help you in so many other ways. But yeah, it's it's so true. And I think that even just like with like the human, like people, like people are human and people like are, you know, are on TikTok oversharing so much of their lives. And it's like, 
even like, oh, what's your skincare routine? And then they share their their skincare routine that they do. And But you know what? Like people's skin needs change. And maybe in a week, you're not using those same exact products. And then people are like, oh, now I can't trust you because, you know, you're using this or, you know, you intro a new product. And, yeah. it's like, you know, like there's just it's almost like just too much like information overload with everything. And I don't I, I think on, you know, the same side of the coin, we almost like don't give you know quote-unquote influencers or content creators enough like grace to like just exist and be and like share unapologetically which is what we originally loved them for to begin with you know great point great point it's just like people are allowed to change and evolve and change their minds and change their fucking skincare routines you know what I mean (laughs) yeah yeah your fucking skincare routine but I think like also Yes, I feel so passionately about about that piece about just having open dialogue. And I, I, it's actually tough. Okay, I want to get I want to get into that lane. But the other lane I wanted to add on about the influencer piece is I actually also deeply respect influencers. It is a job. And that's why I did a video on it recently, because I'm also so sick of clients that just want they think that they should be graced with content because they're sending them something for free. And I'm also, I'm also very sick and done with that because people can't live for free because you sent them a cup, like, or like they they need to live. And I, that's another piece to this too, is what is that balance, right? If they, if their job is to promote products and they're a conduit to sell, and that's kind of the box, like what is kind of that perfect balance? And I think when I think of, I think of like Mariana Hewitt as kind of that perfect balance for me that she's someone that is still very lifestyle-esque. She connects with my brand, right? Like that, she's someone that I I really quite like as an individual, but she has her own product line. Like I find that she still promotes other products. I still know that she's the owner of that brand, but I don't feel like everything that she's pushing or promoting is she's got an incentive to sell. Like she just, it, there is a good mix of that. Um I feel really passionately about this and it's something where I really struggle with, with creating content because I want to be able to call out a bad campaign for being a bad campaign, but not be categorized as being a bad person. And that's what I, I really struggle with in this role is that I think Bud Light made a major mistake with that campaign that doesn't make me anti-LGBTQ. And, mm-hmm. and that's also like when it kind of speaking to like that authenticity piece is like, I, I, it is, the internet is scary. I'm human. I'm It's unforgiving. It's unforgiving. But I also think that as a collective, we need to be able to have open dialogue and discussion. And it also has to come from our creators to tell us that they can't be afraid to speak on their platform when we're following them because we also want to, to know them. And that's not to be hateful. That's not to like, that's not to promote, um, any sort of agenda yeah that that it's just to have a conversation mm-hmm, right and, um and, and that's something that I feel passionately about personally and being able to change the opinion like I want to be able to talk about why I think it's a bad campaign and if someone has like a discussion about it being like being able to change my opinion or my mind or like learn something about the business mm-hmm. and maybe maybe or on the other hand also say because when I be the Bud Light example I had so, the only people that were difficult, disagreeable, or mean were not their customer. And I had so, and like an insane amount of transgender people reach out and be like, thank you. 
Like, thank you, because we don't also have to agree with this campaign just because we 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 identify as transgender or like being like mean like being in the box in which that these people that aren't their customer are trying to defend them. So it's it also shows you that we just need to have more conversations like this where we just yeah. Talk. And I also feel like in that specific case, I mean, you want to share your professional opinion as a marketer, not your personal opinions about your stance on the LGBTQ+. LGBTQ+. So I feel like, you know, in trying to share that, it's like, I'm approaching this as a marketer. And there is, it is a business at the end of the day. And that campaign is a business decision that they chose to make. So here's my take on it as a business person, you know what I mean? And it, and that's completely separate. Like your professional opinion can be separate from your personal opinion, you know, like. Great point. Yeah. But also too, like, again, my personal opinion also doesn't impact who their customer is. And that's, right. a, and that's another piece to this too, is you you don't sell to me as but I don't drink beer right like and so like I'm not your customer it's, like, it's knowing your audience and like yes. reading the room it's like yeah. actually so simple like I think it'd be fantastic like I as a person you're selling to me like a hundred percent like RuPaul Drag Race can be within the brand universe like yes. you're getting me you're getting the crew like but we, we're not also Bud Light like that's yeah. the, that, that's the point of this conversation is like yeah. I can have a professional, I can have a personal, and then I can have the like, where are my dollars going? And that's why objectively their stock part, their stock price plummeted because we can't please everyone. And that's what makes marketing cerebral. It's really like, it's to go back to kind of the woman concept, like women for the most part, I'm not going to generalize, can, they are really good at, at catering themselves and their approach to the room that they're within. And like knowing their audience and communicating and evolving and shifting and changing to make, cause we, we, I struggle with it. Don't like to be disagreeable. And it's something that I'm working through. So it's fine. We're moving to get into marketing. <laughs> yeah, th- thank you for coming to my TED talk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but even just kind of like coming back to like, even like the Bud Light campaign, I think it was really interesting. Cause not only like, are you guys choosing to like take this route, but when shit started going down, they didn't even stand beside Dylan and, you know, like support her. And it's like, well, fuck, if you're going to take this fucking stance, can you at least like, you know, back it up, like put your double down, you know, put your money where your mouth is. And it's like, I think that that was like, I mean, objectively one of the worst campaigns that we saw that we saw this year or ever simply because they how they chose to handle it. And I I just talked about it, about it too. Like, it wasn't that Bud Light moved into a category that its audience didn't align with. Bud Light actually had been sponsoring pride pride parades for years. Yeah. And they've been doing like select like pride initiatives. Like they were entering into the fold. It's also the talent you select. And that's why influencers and like understanding their brand and what they stand for and their authenticity like really matters. Like I in in my opinion, it wasn't that they worked with a transgender it's that Dylan Mulvaney's humor style doesn't work with the audience her audience is not the Bud Light audience like there was just layers fully, of fully. making like and they can't isolate as being an LGBTQ issue because I don't think that that is the, that is the problem yeah yeah I, I fully agree because you know there there's a there is a lot of intersection when it comes to those communities as well right. you know especially for a generic brand like yeah. it, but on the other hand Bud Light also in the same year did a campaign of like don't mess with Texas and was going all in on like gun rights 
and like being the beer of choice. No, I guess like, and then I was recently right after this explosion, I was um, on a golf course and I was looking at like a, like a B rate, like Molson Indy track in like a small town. Like it's kind of like the, the farm team of NASCAR. And there was like all these Bud Light ads. And I'm like, okay, like have a plan. Let's like, let's figure this out. It doesn't seem that difficult. And, but it's also, what's so funny is that it blows my mind that, and I'm going to do a video on, on this. It's like, I've actually come to the realization recently, like, like I've been like walking around in my Marcus Aurelia, like thoughts at night when I'm like walking through the city and I'm like, why is that only like breast cancer awareness posts get through? Like, this is crazy. Like we're living in a crazy world. And then it clicked. The only thing that everyone can agree on is a breast cancer awareness post. And because there's just so many opinions that are being validated, the only thing that we that we get out is something that doesn't matter. And it's not that breast cancer awareness doesn't matter, but like when, when and Stanley Cups is great marketing, it's just next to me. But like if Stanley Cups can only agree on breast cancer awareness month post, they're not getting anything done. Like it's just not effective. Yeah. yeah. And, and kind of circling back to what we were talking about earlier with about just like you kind of wanting to voice your opinion on things. I think that, I, I think that people are so scared, particularly, you know, people with followings and whatnot, because like, again, the internet is so unforgiving, but I think that what needs to happen and hopefully a shift that will happen is that we kind of just remove so much emotion out of things. Like conversation doesn't need to be as charged. Like why are conversations so oh, charged cool. and yeah, so cursed? Like, why are we so mad? Like, let's like, let's literally just have a conversation and like hear each other out and if you know you can choose to walk away with the opinion that you entered the conversation with like you know it's like we we feel like it's so life or death and you know a given sometimes it is you know when it comes to you know marginalized communities and things of that nature you know we are quite literally dealing with life and death but like when we're talking about like you know to circle back on like what skincare products we're using and what does what like Let's just remove so much emotion out of it. Or like a, an opinion on marketing. Like I feel like you, it's the fact yeah. that you want to like create content about con- constructive criticism for these campaigns or you're too scared to. It's just like what, I mean, it's also like when we're, there's so much context missing when people come across posts on the internet and it's like, it's really a Russian roulette because I feel like there's people on the internet who like spew hate, make those comments decide that they're going to be judgmental and judge someone off of one post with zero context and then there's like rational people like us who don't spend time out of our day leaving comments and I know, like, ruining someone else's day yeah ruining it's someone an, else's day it's, it's just but like it's a crapshoot like you just never know like this content is going to complete strangers versus in real life we get to choose who we're showing up in a room full of people with you know on the yeah. internet it's like you are going to anyone in the fucking world and there's a lot of and, crazy people out there i mean there's crazy people there's people having a bad day there's people not fully listening there's, there's people, people who need therapy there's people who need, there's people... need to unpack their trauma and there's people like... whose opinion don't matter like, like, just like also to be blind like and i will say though i think this is worth saying in my escapades of of being really me my escapades sorry of being really me and and just being like saying what comes to mind and being blunt on the internet has actually been fantastic it's it's really I have but I'm ready for it 
like no hate. It's been extremely positive because it's been thoughtful. Like it's not, it's not hateful. Like it's not coming in and, and that's, that is like my purpose in this is that a lot of these companies have done it to themselves. Like these faceless entities that don't stand for anything to be riding on the backs of like, save the whales. Like I need to be able to say, don't ride on the save the whales to make sales. That that isn't that doesn't work. It doesn't connect with your brand. It's not authentic. That doesn't make me anti. I love the whales. I want to save the whales. Let's keep the whales. But the whales make sense for like four oceans. Like I'm gonna buy a more four ocean product because like they're genuinely taking plastic out of the ocean. Like it's not a bank that's just saying like we support pride rights all year round. And then the flag comes down after June and they have three branches in the Middle East and nobody there can be openly gay. Like that doesn't mean anything. And like. And anyone that is truly passionate about it has to take a step back and say, you, like, we need to, ex- we need to ask more, or we need to say, I'm not like, this doesn't fly. And yeah. that's what it's, it's about. It's not ripping apart of whether or not that organization, that ideology, that passion has merit or is grounded in something that's worth believing in. It's having these, cor- and the reason why these corporate entities are doing it is because of ESG ratings. And that's what a lot of people don't know is that for basically the way that on this the stock market, like how they get rated for their shareholder valuation is by how many boxes they're ticking within the ESG rating, which is environmental and like social good, um, I think. But it's like, basically it's, it's, it's all the social justice things. So like if they have, if they support these kinds of causes and they, and they hire these kinds of people and they do these things, they get a better share price. So it's not genuine or authentic. It's how they're actually creating more value for their shareholders. And like the average person is like, no, it's literally, it's the whole thing's a racket. And then where are you sitting being like, okay, so if I criticize Lululemon, that makes me a bad person when really when in criticizing Lululemon, they're not doing anything to actually help those marginalized communities and they're getting a better stock price valuation for the people in suits that we all share, we all collectively already don't like. So it's like, let's just actually look at this and be like, okay, they're, they're getting us. You know? <laughs> well, also like holding, like we have to hold people, brands accountable because if not, how will things get better? How will things improve? Like, and even just speaking on Lululemon, like, yeah, Lululemon had like I don't think as many people should know as as many people don't know as they should, but like they have a really problematic like background and they had a lot of problematic, you know. Yeah, uh, Chip Wilson like got got literally got a platform for the business because he said fat women shouldn't wear leggings. That, yeah, and, and, and then like and I see my was- plus size friend posting them and I'm like, bestie, like you don't know get him. your bag. No, that's what I mean. No, but and like, I, I said this recently. Go ahead, sorry. No, 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 no. No, you're you know, you're seconding what I'm saying. It's just like I, I see my friends who like, you know, are are so body inclusive, blah, blah, blah. And then and then supporting the brand. And I'm like, damn, do you even like know, you know, like what how how much they've rallied against you? You know what I mean? And it's just like if we don't speak about it, people won't and I don't I don't shame yes. my friends for not knowing, you know what I mean? But like if we don't speak about it, people won't know. And I, I criticized actually Lululemon on uh, the Skinny Confidential recently, and I'm waiting to get some backlash for it. <laughs> uh, so this is my second attempt of like, really just given the other side of the story, because it's exactly that. So Lululemon has this running ambassador that they're promoting, who I think is a really bad decision from the brand. And it it's, becomes difficult to talk about because as soon as you criticize 
a brand decision when it includes something that should be like should be positive that we should be promoting that we should be talking about and she's an, an oversized she's a plus size I don't know what to call her I don't know what the politically correct word is but she's a, an oversized um fitness model that that's the the claim is that she's a, like a marathon runner and I I disagree with their strategy to, to use this woman as their running ambassador because one, it, it's not genuine or authentic to where the brand came from. It's confusing for the brand because it doesn't make sense as a campaign to also be promoting the extreme other side of the spectrum. And I also want to be able to talk. It, it makes people uncomfortable to have these conversations, but I just want to be able to have a conversation and it not just be like, okay, let's not talk about it. Let's just move on. Because yeah, I exactly to your point, like, I feel like women are being are being duped into buying brands that really don't advocate or support what they're speaking to. And a lot of the body positivity is about being healthy. And we can't shame and shun Victoria's Secret for having anorexic models on the runway, but then also say it's okay to promote an unhealthy on the other extreme. And we need to at least be able to have the conversation that if we're going to promote like a healthy approach to fitness and lifestyle, let's actually just show what the middle of healthy looks like and not have to use extremes. And like, that's a, like, and I, when I look at Lululemon and where I see it going, like when I go into the malls, like they've just become like Zara's, like there's just too many products. You can tell that it's about ESG and it doesn't allow us to have a conversation about it, like openly and in a fair way, because most people don't understand how shareholder valuation and because it got acquired, they're, they're basically pumping and dumping the brand. And we need to have these conversations because they're not truly supporting a cause. They're throwing an extreme so that people can get behind it because other people want to criticize it. And it allows there to be a conversation on the internet, but it's not, it's not authentic. And we need authenticity and branding. Yeah, which is also, you know, not to mention could is more hurtful to the community in general because of the narrative that it builds around it. Yes. And, yeah. Like if we're going to use her, let's have a story about her aspiring to want to become a marathon runner and her and her pursuit and getting healthy to get there. Mm-hmm. Like that's incredible. And like I would be like I'd be so supportive. I would like want to watch her video, but I would like opposed to just like here's our marathon runner with no context, no story, no nothing. And it's, it, it just, it lacks authenticity. It lasts yeah. like, it's, it's not it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's surface level. They're like, okay, check. Yeah. yeah. Box, check. And yeah. we don't want that, right? We want to have meaningful conversation. We want to be like truly changing lives for the better and like actually have an open dialogue about it. So I, I yeah, it's it. actually like your, it's funny. Cause I think like, if you were to put this opinion out there, obviously you would, you know, the comment section would be full. I I can hear them already. But the crazy thing is like, you're actually looking out for that community's best interest. You are actually defending them just in, you know, in a more thorough, thoughtful, authentic way. But, you know, at first glance, your opinion is taken like, oh, well, she doesn't support us and she doesn't stand with us. But it's like, no, you're just trying to make sure that they're doing their due diligence on the, on like the other side behind closed doors. No, that's, and that they're and not making a mockery out of that community and that they're exactly. not like gaslighting that community and be like, hey, we support you. Just, just kidding. No, we fucking don't. Like, we're actually not doing anything. No, they're not doing anything. And that's exactly like, I would love, what a perfect campaign would be for me is that they go into the States because like, I think this has been a big push for the States too. Because like, obviously people look different in the States. 
Um, and that's also a big issue too, like with not having proper like access to quality food, like quality food being so expensive, like the food deserts, like a great new lemon campaign would be to do an application where people who really struggle with wanting to lose weight get basically a year supply of Lululemon clothing, clothing and a personal trainer and they track their progress throughout the year for how they can get to whatever their healthy looks like. And it kind of go back to like those TV shows, like and not the biggest loser, but like getting to their healthy and their healthy isn't sticks thin. It's not six pack abs. It's not being diabetic. It's making better food choices. It's understanding to not go for, go for water and not soda. Like that would be an incredibly powerful campaign that, that would, would be great for the brand, would support its ethos and brand values for having a better, healthier life and showing people that healthy looks different for different people, right? Like that would be like, and that's what I think is missing. It's not like we got to go back to Victoria's Secret models. It's like, let's just be thoughtful mm-hmm. and like have a cool campaign. And that would be still great for ESG, but it's easy for them to just be like, let's pick the extreme, let's throw it in so that we can get people happy on socials and people that disagree, they're going to fight them. And are like, it's a mess. And then we'll look like the good people. Yeah, we'll, we'll look like the good people. But you know what? We still did say that eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah. There is so much more that I want to talk to you about. Like one, do a one. You need your own. You yeah. Yeah. One, you need your own podcast. Two, we absolutely need to do a part two because I have so much on my notes list that we (laughs) haven't gotten to. But we do have to wrap this up. No, no, no. I'm enjoying this so much. Like you, I can talk to you all day. You are a fountain of marketing, just knowledge and gold. (laughs) She's the she's the Marcus Aurelia. I'm I'm sorry. I I have to literally bars. So I can't wait for a part two, brothers. A part two is coming because there's so much more that I want to deep dive with you. And I just, I'm looking forward to it to myself. But thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, your time, your energy, your constructive criticisms. Like, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, if our audience wants to follow you and follow the agency, where can they find you at? I was lucky enough to secure my name. So you can find me at Camille Moore. Third Eye Insights is also, um, it's more of an Instagram to follow as a quick little tip before we wrap this up. It's it's hard to um, market a brand or business when you're trying to promote multiple heads on a platform like TikTok. So we tried it and it was just too difficult. So Third Eye Insights is on Instagram, but if you want to follow like tips, tricks, and like my thoughts, um, it's Camille Moore amazing guys thank you guys so much for tuning in if you like this episode please take a screenshot tag us tag camille let us know how much you loved it and we will see you back here in two weeks